Today's episode is brought to you by America's Best Unlimited Network. Don't miss a show with unlimited data from T-Mobile. Hello, Screen Junkies, and welcome to Watching Thrones, the show where we recap the upcoming season of Ballers! Who's <laughs> Ballers, yo? What are your most baller fan theories? Uh, I'm just kidding, we're talking Game of Thrones, and it was an awesome episode last night, and we're going to talk about it with our amazing panel, Michelle Boyd. Now all I can think about is an undead twin, The Rock Johnson. <laughs> we would stand no chance. I want it. <laughs> Prof Cornette. All I want is a baller fan theory now. Yeah. Anyone, please, tweet one. One baller fan theory. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle Maddock, return guest, host of a podcast of Ice and Fire. Yes, you guys trust me enough now to hold the sword. Yes, I like keep it. that Thank oath. <laughs> and on the couch, Mr. Lon Harris. Hey, I'm here on the couch. Our most social maester. Um, he will be responding or, or calling out your favorite tweets, uh, which will be at hashtag watching thrones. You can tweet us... Uh, on the Twitters with whatever your fan theories are, what you thought about the episode. About ballers. What would you like to see come back as a zombie next episode on Game of Thrones? Could it be a fish? Could it be a deer? Who knows? Uh, but we start. Ballers. <laughs> What's your favorite baller? Zombie baller fan theory. Uh, our top story. There are ice dragons in Game of Thrones now. Yes. Are there? Or are there zombie dragons? I don't know. We know there's a difference. Yeah, what's the difference? Uh, the point is that Viserion got ice javelined, uh, had one of the coolest just explosions. They're like filled with fire, I guess. It looked like the Hindenburg going down. And then it got dragged out of the ice by some very convenient chains and resurrected. <laughs> so Beyond How? the wall, Home Depot is open late. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. <laughs> scale, uh -oh. scale of 1 to 10, how effed is the rest of the realm now that we have a nice dragon wow. on, the night, on the White Walker side? 22. 22 yeah. out of 10? <laughs> 22 out of 10. Because, like, the wall means nothing now. They can fly over it, right? Well, but can they? How, how far does my, that magic extend? So, yeah, like, how does the magic work? Because, like, Benjen presumably could have just walked past under his own power, but he couldn't because of the magic. So, okay. in theory, there's still some magic spells woven into the wall. It's not just going to be the fact that they can fly over. And then, yeah, here's my question because someone brought up, oh, well, now the ice dragon can just melt it. Does the ice dragon breathe fire? Does it breathe cold? Yeah, that's it's my really, question. So if it operates like the ice dragons in the lore, mm. then it would breathe cold. That would freeze well, that people in a, in a hot second. Yes. Um, so that wouldn't necessarily with that help with the ice wall, but could it just ram through it? Are there other options to get through? It's the it's a dragon. I think it's going to be a question of once you get past the wall, uh, the ice dragon is going to be really helpful because I mean I'm just thinking Wrath of the Lich King, like Cindergosa sure. coming down, doing her whole like breathing, <laughs> breathing cold, and then like. Could it maybe just turn all the people into the undead Wait, in front of them? <laughs> I don't know what show we're watching well, anymore. I don't know. It's interesting because the if if you look at the mountain, the one that the hounds saw, mm -hmm. it is seemingly the same mountain peak that the children at the forest were mm -hmm. at when they created mm. um, the Night King. So they they created the North. They created a land of pure winter, and I. I'm guessing is the entire goal to just take over the whole continent and do just that? Yeah, That's it's become life versus death, right? Well, sure, right. Yeah. yeah. It's that simple. Uh, a show that was formerly about Shades of Grey is now good versus evil. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, who do you think wins in a fight between fire and ice dragons? I mean, we still have two fire dragons. Two yeah. one two on one I guess that also depends on whether or not the dragon fire can hurt the actual White Walkers. Yeah. Because we've seen them, even in this episode, he walks through fire and it recedes around exactly. him. So does he have this sort of 
force field of cold that the fire can't penetrate. Well, this is getting so big. Because I was going to say, an ice dragon can then kill humans and then immediately, you know, the White Walker riding it or the Night King can immediately resurrect them. Like, that seems pretty unbeatable. Are mm. you foreseeing, though, a moment Harry Potter style with the wands where the fire comes out of one mouth and the ice yes. out of Yeah, like a DVD. Yeah. Yeah. In the like, middle of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> right? That yeah, I guess is, so. That is what I want. Absolutely. I think it I was a good evening of the playing game. Sure. Oh, man. One? Yeah. So everyone turns blonde. Doug super saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was something that I was curious about because... I, I mean, you brought up the idea of like the the Arrowhead Mountain, and you know that's where the seat of the White Walkers came from. The last time the Long Night happened, dragons weren't around. Dragons didn't exist. So, I mean, for me, that them being in the same location is the very beginning, and also them being in the same location where Bran saw them two episodes ago with the Ravens, because um, they were all surrounded on that same rock that John ends up standing on. So that to me means like this was a plan. Right. This was yeah. the Night King chilling, waiting no. for dragons to come to him. And here's a question, because that is an interesting take on it, and it certainly explains a lot in terms of why they had the chains at the ready. Why they're so okay. slow. Yeah, why, why they were so yeah, slow. Yeah, why they're taking right. the scenic Exactly. Like, yeah. They were the waiting for the nuclear weapon. They were waiting for the thing they did not have the last time. Right, to oh. come to them. But I'm curious about this. Are they getting ravens too? I mean, how do they right. necessarily know yeah. that there are dragons? That kind of implies that maybe the Night King also has some sort of green sight and could That's see what I was yeah. the dragons because... over the wall and like could see that Danny now has them and is planning on using them. So two things, one more likely than the other. One is that he's a green seer as well because he does show up in Bran's vision mm -hmm. um, and, and communicates with him. So he has some kind of like, you know, fourth dimension travel abilities. <laughs> and the other is that Maybe Bran is evil now. Oh. Maybe Bran has been feeding the Night King information because wouldn't that be sweet if Bran was just as bad <laughs> as I imagined all along? Wait, I'm sorry, who? I don't, I don't know who you're talking about now because we haven't seen him. What is he doing? Just like eyes rolled back, jerking off under a tree. Yeah, just yeah, jerking under yeah. a tree. And I mean, I want to talk about that more when we get to the Arya Sansa stuff too. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, maybe Bran is the Night King. I have no idea. But they did drop something uh, that I don't want to move past that uh, could be the most important little nugget of information we got all episode, which is that when you kill the zombie leader, essentially, their their minions die too. Like vampires. Yes. Yeah. Except for that one yeah. white. So, yeah, in except theory, for that one. so in theory, it's only the ones that they directly yes, wrote. That they, yeah. Yes. I think okay. it's pretty standard vampire rules, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's the siring rules of vampires now apply to them, which is interesting because it does it does beg the question, does this then become a solitary assassin mission where all they're trying to do is kill the Night King yeah, can so they, that everyone dies? Can they just send, can they just buy a faceless man to go kill the Night King now? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> sure. And Arya with her Valyrian dagger. Faceless well, she man gave would it away, be like, F you, man, no way. <laughs> I mean, you still need a giant ward because that's what the show is yes, of all course. about now. Mm -hmm. So I can see like a Lord of the Rings style, like Gondor, there's big armies clashing, but then in the meantime, there's Arya and the hobbits, you know, sneaking around behind <laughs> them. And Arya would be the one. She's got the dagger. Here's another question. Can she does the game of faces apply to the undead? I mean, oh. could she Whoa. she's gonna turn into an ice dragon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I don't think they have faces yeah, to take that's... off. I mean, I, they're, I, they're pretty rotten. Like, you saw the hound actually. Like, <laughs> the mouth off one of them. The Knocked it off walkers, with a rock. Yeah. Would but it apply to a white walker? Yeah, interesting. It would be interesting. I feel like they're magic enough that they kind of... 
be able to tell she wasn't a real one? I don't know. Uh, who think, knows? Yeah. I don't know what the rules of the face is. We'll get yeah. to some yeah, They're, play, they're playing fast and loose with the rules of all the others and all the magic going on. Are we, is Dragonglass now affecting whites in the show? Yeah, seemingly. Okay, yes. and not just white walkers? Correct. Okay. I think so. I, I mean, I did that's like That's all the Jorah thing, had, and he was taking them out. That's how they took out the bear. Yeah, the well, bear could, no, I've, I always felt like real, real steel and real swords work just fine against whites. Like, they're okay with it, but the only thing that could actually hurt the white walkers was Valyrian steel or dragon. Dragonglass. Dragonglass, sorry. I think they all had dragonglass weapons, didn't they? I think some of them did. I know Jorah did. Uh, Yeah, most likely there were other ones, too. Is the hammer dragonglass? No. No. I don't think so. Is it, or is it... No, it's just a badass hammer. Yeah. Where, I mean, Fair wow, Gendry, way to give that one up. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think the flaming swords were, too, although we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to the fire. uh, yeah, I want to just kick it over to Lon. What are the people saying on the tweets? Well, that actually came up a lot. A lot of, a lot of. I don't want to say nitpicky because it's you know sort of judgmental, but a lot of people poking holes in the show last night. And one of the big ones they bring up is why would anyone go north of the wall without dragon glass at this point? Wouldn't that be kind of a silly oversight? Why would Danny bring three dragons? Why not just one? Why, where did the White Walkers get these big heavy chains that they're using? Uh, how did Gendry possibly run to the wall, get Raven sent, and get Danny to come save them uh, all in one night? So uh, a lot of people sort of asking, what did you guys think? Did these plot inconsistencies bother you at the time, or is this only going back later? Did the 12 well, you just bring up bother us? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. Here's the thing. I, I think you can explain most of them, but yeah. the fact that the show puts us in the position of having to explain them and going to like the Monty Python, like, was it an African swallow? Or like, a, <laughs> yeah. it, like how fast ravens go and how long they were there? How many I people think you can, can like, an unladen Drogon bring yeah. over the wall? Yeah, well, yeah. so first of all, it's a good thing that she brought more than one dragon, because right. they would all be effed if they didn't. And then Lon, what, what were the chains, if we yeah. buy the chains, fact that the sure. White Walkers were waiting for them to come, yeah. you know, they could have forged some chains or taken them from some wildlings and they were expecting a dragon. This was their plan all along. As far as the jetpacking is concerned, that can possibly <laughs> be explained away by the fact that uh, they did kind of set up the time was happening by that uh, by Thoros not dying immediately. Um, that he, I think it was, there was a Reddit thread, I think it, someone laid it out pretty well that it took place over about four days. Which again, then Whoa. you start asking, wow, they were able to defend themselves really well with swords after four days of starvation, but yeah, okay. It looked like they were starving and slowly dying of exposure, which would take sure, but it took two to four days. Four days, days for the water to freeze? For the water, yeah, possibly. Like They, they get into it a little <laughs> bit more, but I mean, I guess I, I, it's... You can kind of explain it away if you're not thinking in terms of this only happened in one but night. But that only okay. raises other questions like why didn't Danny just take a look see for herself if it only takes, you know, a day to get up there? Like, oh look, that dead is real. Okay, coming back. Right. She had to fall in love first. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That I, takes time. Yes, when you get to why bring three fire breathing dragons instead of just one? Why take Whoa. the extra risk? That's a at disgruntled elf wants to know. Why she took the risk? Like why why would Danny bring three fire breathing dragons instead of just one. Because this time it was her boyfriend calling for help. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's that's... gonna bring all her babies to come meet the new the new boyfriend. Well, I mean, I, I feel like if if at the point that you get the raven, and I do, I feel like time is a very fuzzy matter at this point <laughs> that we must either accept just, or... Yeah. Pass it, guys. Um, you kind of have but to. But I really, I, I agree, it is a very fuzzy matter. Like, how long does the raven take to get to... Anyway, yeah. um, but she, at that point, I think if they're like, there's an arm 
army of 20,000 undead things surrounding us. surrounding us. She's not necessarily going to assume that the one dragon, and only her and the dragons, because remember the last time she went into the battle with one dragon, with Drogon, she also had the Dothraki with her. Yep. So all she has is her and the dragons. So mm-hmm. at that point, I think that's why she, that was her army, essentially. And she didn't think that they were vulnerable. And now we know that there are, which changes the game altogether, because maybe she doesn't want to play that card so quickly anymore. That, to me, bothers me a little bit, because she knows they're vulnerable now. Drogon got shot in the shoulder. And right. granted, yeah, he kind of flew away from it and seemed to but be fine. But it didn't fine. Really hurt her. But it, it didn't hurt. hurt. Yeah, but I, at least that does mean, yeah, my, my kids can get hurt. Yeah. So I was a little surprised she brought all three, but... Honestly, it was so cool seeing them burn a whole bunch of whites. I'm willing to forgive it. I wonder if now <laughs> she'll hesitate more. That's the moral of the more. show at this point. Really, it's like, yeah. it was so cool. I'm willing to forgive yeah. it. Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. She, <laughs> rolled, she rolled into the schoolyard fight with her whole gang. All yeah. right? Pretty much. That, the main thing I wanted to actually ask about now is how the heck does this square with the dragon has three heads prophecy? Bran like, is Bran evil is and flying the other well, way. Like, does, does, like, like, does that mean like Danny being the ultimate fire, the Ice King being the ultimate ice, and John kind of straddling the two? Like, are those the three heads That's now? How? I feel like it okay. is because John is, and this is the thing: is this has always been the song of ice, ice and, and fire. fire. Mm-hmm. He has always been those things. He has always, and he is now on the show, both dead and alive. Right. Mm-hmm. So he is the very thing that is straddling that line. Um, and he, well, and Beric, but he's also Targaryen and Stark. And I feel like probably the Night King is going to ride that last dragon, the ice dragon. Well, the zombie dragon? I don't know. I'm still not I'm, sold I'm, I'm that cool it's an ice dragon. an ice dragon. Ice dragon. The okay ice dragon. We don't know his origins yet. Sort we don't of, know, yeah, just he was created by we that. Yeah, but we don't know the, the full backstory there at all yet. And I feel like that's still something to be revealed. And then there is still Bran who could warg mm-hmm. a dragon. Or could we be setting ourselves up for a Moana ending where Danny just calms his angry spirit and he turns back? <laughs> All I want is at the end of the series for Danny just to walk up to the Night King and hand him a Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Like Chill, the most man. ball of fan theory ever. <laughs> <laughs> so ballin'. He was so, first of all, I want to just say, because they were talking about it, mm-hmm. there are the plot and character choices, I think, it's interesting how the audience, and myself included, is reacting to them mm-hmm. versus the spectacle and the wonder of it all. Right. Um, and how that sort of balances out as how you feel about each individual episode and the show in total. Mm. And I'm curious, what, where are you percentage-wise with worrying about the plot inconsistencies versus the spectacle for everybody? Gosh, that, um, percentage-wise, uh, it's kind of like a 70-30 thing. I mean, I'm enjoying the ride or whatnot, but it's... There are those little things that just that just bug you and kind of bog you down a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that it, it, there's a lot of annoyances, and I could nitpick it to death, but, like, the show's changed. The show is very different now than when it started. We are in, like, full Dungeons & Dragons high fantasy territory, and that's not why I fell in love with Game of Thrones, but they're doing it really well, so... I don't know, my expectations have changed, and I'm like on board with the show, it's just a different show than when we started. Yeah, I I mean, even if you look at the episode titles, you know, The Mountain and the Viper, The Lion and the Rose, and now you're like, Beyond the Wall. Okay, thanks. I I mean, (laughs) I I appreciate that, because they don't want to give away too much. If they were like, a dragon's dead in this one. Or just, death death is the enemy. You know, something, you can make something cooler. I just, I liked, I liked that, and again, I will, I will absolutely defend the showrunners on this. They're working from, like, an outline and bullet points. They don't have the dialogue that George R. R. Martin wrote in the first, you know, five books. 
So they don't have that to go off of anymore, and they kind of have to wing it. But those are the things that actually bother me more almost than plot holes are the character inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Like, even little things like, you know, since we're talking about being up north, even the bit where Tormund goes after Mance Raider for not bending the knee and yeah. saying how many people died for his pride. I'm like... That didn't bug me. That I, bothered I, me. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the any wildling alliance is pretty shaky. But the whole point of the free folk is that they don't bend the knee at all. And that was one of the reasons that Mance didn't do it was because he thought that the free folk would immediately abandon him. So for for Tormund to kind of turn on him for that just kind of felt like just weird. Like, they need I'm to gonna, set I'm up John at the end of the episode. Set up John to this in order to bend the knee. Like, I'm going to make John feel like it's okay mm. for you to bend the knee now. And that just, that bugged me. Mm. Things things like that. And I'll talk about that more when we get to our yeah, let's, let's, sure. let's talk yeah. about the, uh, the Snow Side Squad. Let's yeah. back up a little bit. Snow Side Squad. I will say that. Overall, I loved a lot of the moments yeah, with yeah. So Snow Side Squad. What was your guys' favorite pairing or oh, moment from uh, <laughs> Tormund in the house? Yes! <laughs> Out the shippers. You have met her. Yeah, all right, all right. I want babies in her now. Yeah, giant babies. Yes. Give me all of it. No, no, no. Oh man, just the look on Torment's face. He's like, yes. Moments, yes. but this with the hound, him messing with Gendry, oh. and be like, Well, up north, we take what we can get. Yeah, <laughs> there's that no that woman around. That was my favorite is his like uh, adorable rape threat to Gendry. <laughs> 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 Pulled it off, which uh, I for sure thought that meant Tormund was dead meat. I yeah. and they didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, that was one of the moments where my heart really caught in my chest because I thought, like, Okay, they're gonna have to kill off somebody that's important. Sorry, Barrick. Uh, that, that, uh, or Thoros, yeah. yeah see, uh, that's the whole point. You can barely <laughs> even tell. Yeah, I, I thought that this was Tormund's, like, let's get everyone to like him right before we yank him away. I thought so, too. Oh, and that yeah. moment, that was the main moment. I was worried about the dragons, I'll confess. And mm-hmm. I think we've all been predicting that so much, though, unfortunately. Um, but it still hurt to see one go. But that was the moment that I went, nah. Yeah, because there was so much he was talking about his kids and what he's going to do when he gets back. It was like War Movie 101. You're done. Yeah, there were a lot of great uh, moments for me. I, I, I like the Gendry interactions the most um, between <laughs> him and the Hound and just getting shot down. I didn't remember Gendry being much of a whiner, but... I get it. It's his first time north of the wall. Sure. sure. Um, he's, he's a southern summer boy. I got so mad at John when he offered up Longclaw. Really? Really? I liked yeah, that I, I mean, it was kind of a nice thing, but it's also like, hey, uh, I should have done this before we even left, and then I could have maybe gotten another weapon that would attack the White Walkers or whatnot. Mm. But he's like, hey, we're already, we're almost amongst the enemy. I have the weapon that can kill him. I think I'll just give it away. It I was mean, a poor timing. It was a nice sentiment and everything, but poor timing. That do it a little earlier, or has, do it afterwards, or... John's just got terrible to, self-esteem. Like, he still hasn't grown into the fact that, like, he's the king and he's respected and stuff like that. He still thinks to himself as a bastard who doesn't deserve any of this. So yeah. he'll, at the first opportunity hand off what's his. It was totally also the honorable thing to do. Right. And plot moment, it was another way to remind us that, yeah. you know, of the idea of children and legacy, which came up several different times. Well, yeah, that oh, was what I true. liked was when, when Jorah mm-hmm. mentioned something about for you and your children, like, it seemed like John had a great kit, had a really good reaction where he's like, oh, I could have children. Like, he, it's, <laughs> he's been thinking. He? Yeah, Because he's undead now and yeah, apparently yeah, can't no. drown. Uh, yeah. So can he bear children? <laughs> it was just a nice moment but of yes. acting where it's like, oh, I've been, I've been thinking so short term and we're all going to die. So, like, 
committed to dying at this point that he hasn't even thought of what might happen beyond his own life. Yeah, mm. both with him and Danny, they had the mention of succession and the mention of what happens mm-hmm. after was brought up, which was interesting for sure. Yeah, I, I see, and I liked the moment with Dora because I did think it was such a keeping in truth with the character of John for that moment. Although part of me did wonder, um, hey, you've been around Liana Mormon for like. Oh, you could have given out. If you were so concerned about giving his ancestral blade back, dude, uh, you could have given it to the girl. But okay, sure. Pretty legit. There you go. Uh, Speaking of Jorah, I did like his moment uh, with Thoros about, oh, you were like a god when you barged through the wall at Pike. I was just, you guys were amazing. I was just really, really drunk. So drunk. Their their, uh, posse was interrupted by a zombie polar bear. Which was a pretty sweet sequence. And I want to ask Lon, um, were there any good suggestions for other zombie animals? Hashtag Watching Thrones. Uh, uh, There were. There were a lot of suggestions for zombie animals and a lot of suggestions for zombie characters. I think 1-1 or Giants being zombified was number one at the top of everybody's list. Uh, Lannister Lions, maybe a zombie lion at some point. Uh, That definitely came up. And then... Hodor. A lot of people want no. to see Hodor return in zombie Hodor form. You know what's sad? I think that might have really hit a good moment for me if they had included that. Maybe they just ran out of time. I don't know. But if they had included a zombie Hodor that oh. one of our Snowicide squad had to hit really? down, yeah. that would have that would have given me a lot more of an emotional impact to that episode that I felt was a little bit lacking. It's interesting because I feel wow. like on the emotional front, for me, I was taking the journey during the episode and mm. I was hitting those highs and lows where they wanted me to probably you know I loved the moments between those guys I thought the bear attack was awesome I cried with Viserys uh, Viserion oh I'm sorry um, with yeah. you with, with the name of one dragon <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's when you stop and then those things start to come bubble up to mind. Are we killing what we love by thinking about it? Well, here's by doing our I mean. very job. <laughs> yeah, by, yeah, exactly. By <laughs> analyzing it too nitpicky. Turn your brain off. No, uh, what what was confusing me is who were the people that were dying because I didn't Red recognize shirts. them. Yeah. I didn't see them at the beginning, They're, and just yeah. you can't say, oh, the guy with the beard, because that's everyone. Yeah. yeah. I was really confused that they were that they were picking off unnamed Red characters shirts. during. That's definitely bothered me because yeah. they, we didn't have an establishing shot really of figuring yeah. out exactly who many there? there were. So all of a sudden, whenever the, the 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 writers or whatnot were like, "Oh, we haven't killed anybody in a while. We need to up the stakes. So let's kill somebody." Hey, let's just throw in another random guy. Wait, I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> what were you saying, Lon? I was like, they had this really great opportunity last week when we saw the main guys walking out to just put guys behind them. So we're like, oh, they're bringing a posse of other Oh, they did. They did as you're walking out of the... It was really... I looked at it again. Oh, you, like, barely glanced at it. Very hard to see that there were other... It looked very much like those seven guys are going out on this mission. Mm -hmm. And that's why this week when people start dying, you're like, is that Gendry? Who is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a lot of I, I did a lot of backing up of like, wait, should yeah. I be sad? Who is that? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's like, not. Oh, it's just, you it's just, you could have easily had an extra or two behind any of those two-person yeah. fan service scenes we had. Uh, the character interactions. Yeah. Going did it on. feel like a lot of fan service to you? I felt like it. There were all these interactions that didn't really mean anything at the end of the day, but it was it was kind of nice to see. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I never knew I wanted the two undead guys to have a conversation, but it didn't really. <laughs> oh, I, didn't I really loved all the the too much at the end. What didn't hit me so hard 
was the death of Thoros. I mean, I get that, that he was like one of their get out of jail free cards, so that's the, too bad. The party healer? Well, I was going to yeah, say, man, you know like, the, the rules of any was... raid is you go after the healer first. <laughs> Sorry, I don't play World of Warcraft. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I feel like, though, it, the thing with that is that it was very un Game of Thrones like to give you red shirts that way and to have them be so confusing and unclear about who was dying, and, and then to have the only person to actually die that we knew, be already kind of sick, a total alcoholic, already injured by a bear, you know? (laughs) So they sort of, they mentally prepared you for him to die before taking him away. And I feel like that's the thing that's changed is that we've been mentally unprepared for all of the other deaths on the series, especially significant ones. But this one, they're setting you up to sort of be okay with it ahead of time. All right, so you have to kill someone other than Thoros or a red shirt down the line. Who do you kill? In that group. Wait, who do I think they would kill, or who do I want killed? Yeah, who do you want killed? Actually, I want. What's wanted, your pitch? For I help? wanted. I wanted Tormund to die in this one. Like, I love Tormund, but I think out of anyone, his death would have been the most poignant. Um, I mean, because they're not going to kill John. They're just not. Um, yeah, and if he probably even is wouldn't killable affect, right now. Probably wouldn't affect the plot down the line right, too much. Exactly. He, he should have died. Yeah, and I hate to they, say it. Yeah, and since they sent Gendry away, which I would have been furious if they had killed Gendry in this episode. If they only Ooh. bring him back for a single episode, give him kind of a character moment with whining, and then killed him, I would have been furious. I don't think he's that whiny. Y'all are hard. <laughs> <laughs> he's all about cardio exercise. He rows, he runs, he swings his hammer. That's what he does. You I don't know why they thought he was the fastest, but I guess it was from, you know. Yeah, well, I don't know how he did that. Did he do a sprint? Beforehand to determine he was the fastest. Joe Dempsey so, needs anyway. to start like a fitness YouTube channel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just, just get that going on Twitch. I think uh, I don't know if I would have done it as a writer, but I honestly think it would have been amazing if John did die. Yes, and that his purpose, the reason he was brought back, was to deliver Daenerys into the fight against the others. I have to agree that to me at this point in the series that look, Tormund is the one that's logical and it would have hurt just enough the audience but not really impacted the plot at large. Um, But if we're really going to and they can only do so much because they are working on a bullet point trajectory towards Mm -hmm. the end but we would have been losing our minds today if John or Daenerys had died. Mm -hmm. We would have been totally, completely out of our minds, but also to do that would undermine the entire structure of the show that they've set up so far, and that's that's like the double bind. Like now I'm asking, yeah. is John immortal? Unclear. <laughs> it's unclear. Can he die? We oh, don't know. I would believe so, because Beric has died so many times, his and without wounds, Thoros, he couldn't yeah, be brought his back. His wounds are still, his he crawls out of this healed. ice yeah. thing, yeah. and then, um, you know, right when he's in peril, uh, Uncle Benjen comes there out you of go. the woodwork. Oh, yeah, we haven't even there talked about Uncle Benjen. Well, I mean, I mean Beric did, uh, Beric eyes didn't, Beric's eye didn't grow back, his head didn't, I don't know if his head's caved in in the show, but in the books, his head's his caved head's in. Like, it's not a Wolverine insta-heal when you're resurrected. Right. You still carry these deep wounds and everything. Right. But John's but just got still die. deus ex everything. They yeah. were throwing everything out of the woodwork to keep John alive at this point. Deus ex. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Like if, this, if this scenario happens in the books and that Cold Hands actually does come down to rescue John, to me it's going to matter a little bit more because in the books, and that one I will actually read it for, um, Cold Hands' character is so much more developed. You know, he's been leading what um, Bran and everyone, no, everyone in the in the earlier books. So you identify and you can 
think about that character as just being a little bit more emotionally important than Benjen has been in, in the show. Hmm. So I, I'll accept it a little bit more in the books than I did in the show, and yeah, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. And I mean, can we talk for a second about how Titanic moment it is? Yes. Uh, why did he, they both can fit on the horse. Get on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he pick up Bran and carry Bran yes, on the horse a couple Brand seasons ago? Yeah, like it was like, fine. Put him on the horse. I didn't think about that. Wow. I mean, he is soaking wet, you know, so maybe he's a little heavier, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wet fur. Did wet he want to distract them? They seemed far far enough away in the moment, but maybe, he, A, he's been dead a while, sort of, you know, and maybe, maybe he wanted to die. Like Barak, yeah. he's sort sure. of ready to let go, but also maybe he just really wanted to make sure that they they didn't get, he was completely vulnerable on that horse. He couldn't defend himself. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, he was on his last leg, absolutely. Yeah, so I guess overall, there were a lot of contrivances this episode. There were a lot of last minute saves, and I don't know. You know, I just wish that there had been some consequences from it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who didn't die? Who? The hound. Do you the know hound. where the hound? <laughs> you know where the hound is headed? The hound is headed to King's Landing. There you Do you go. know who's in King's Landing? The, the mountain. mountain. Okay. <laughs> no, right. I don't want it. I don't. <laughs> There's, you a, go. there's a few steps in between that. But the, ha- the hound did get well, bit in the hand. Really. The hound did get bit in the hand for a moment. And I was like, are we playing like Walking Dead rules uh, yes. here? I, turn? I, I wasn't quite sure. I forgot what show I was watching for a moment. But I guess you can get bit and not turn. You just yeah. have to die, right? Mm. That, that's my feeling. Okay. That's what it seems like. I'm so curious what we're all going to think when this is complete and we go back and rewatch it. Do we become more or less forgiving of the things that we're talking about right now? Depends we'll on. See. It depends if it's a lost ending or not. And like we go back and we're like, oh, they just put this in for the hell of it. It's not they so much no a lost ending. It. It's more like, do they have any more tricks up their sleeve or have we in our heads plotted out the rest of the show? Is it just going to go on rails to where we think it's going or are there going to be more signature Game of Thrones twists? Well, and I think that's the... I think that's a big issue with all of the book readers or even really just dedicated show watchers with the show so far because even if you could kind of see where the show is going half of more than half of the enjoyment of the show itself has been the dialogue the character development the twists and turns and the machinations and I think without the books as a basis for that we're losing a lot of that in the show which goes back to what you were saying where it just doesn't feel like the same show anymore I'm not enjoying these characters the same way I did in the first few seasons of the show. I think that reflects quite a bit on uh, Martin taking so long to write the books. Oh, it absolutely does. Is that he has to fact check so much stuff and if he mentions a girl's hips are the wrong size there (laughs) becomes fan theories and crazy things and it is the opposite of lazy. Oh god, yeah, you you write one lemon tree. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. And now the the writers, they're they're on a much faster schedule. They have to get it out and so they can't check to see you know, maybe they miss something. We're checking to see if the Iron Bank deals in slavery even Mm -hmm. though they're out of Bravos and various things like Tormund and bending the knee with the wildlings and whatnot. They don't have the time to to make sure that every single detail is accurate. He said his problems were bringing everything together, that he's created all these people and sent them off in so many directions he's taking so long to... The Myrny's not. Yeah, the Myrny's not, to find ways to bring that. And the show's like, I don't know, they just all... they showed up there. Yeah, <laughs> they're all in the same place at the same time. Do you need John and Danny to? I mean, we just you and I just said that would have blown everything out of the water if they had taken one of those away. Yeah. Do you need them to be Endgame? Do I need them to be Endgame? I, I personally don't. I, I'm still creeped out by the whole nephew aunt 
uh, marriage possibilities. It. <laughs> it's 2017, <laughs> man. Yes. Everyone's doing so, it. There's so. an eclipse happening. It's, it's fine. chart is at two yes. million. It's on. Uh, it's well, I want to kick to you. What are people saying uh, as we whine over and over again? Uh, about- well, the number one thing, I, I did not actually see this on the show, so I'm very curious what you guys think. I'm seeing a lot of people are saying that when John gets out of the water... Longclaw opens its eye. No, it doesn't. That's oh. his hand. That was stupid. It I heard about that too. No, but anyway, it's a, it's a clear building, crystal. Building off of that, it's there. a droplet oh. of water. Oh, oh, it did it. It's a water oh, droplet. It did it. <laughs> anyway, I it's, saw a, it. it's the splash <laughs> of the water. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Water is rising. Boom! Whoa, look at that. YouTube's going going bonkers with this. So is there like a a snowflake on its eye and then the water knocks it off? But so building off of this, people are asking, could it be that John is some sort of a sleeper cell now? That he is undead, he's going to be working for the Night King or for the Army of the Dead, and he's just pretending to be... You know, with Daenerys still and with the uh, okay, the I just like the eye off. thing, but I like that theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So John wanted to get all the dragon. John, John's purpose was to get the dragons there, so the Night King could get one well, of the dragons. Or, or maybe it just from this point on, John is a Manchurian candidate. At some yeah. point, yes, John yeah. got turned, and and now he's working for the Night King. Because they have been keeping things pretty vague when they're saying, you know, why have you been brought back? What's your purpose? Like, I don't know. And it's like it's for the war versus life and death. But he didn't say which, which side he was on. Well, him and Beric do discuss the shield that guards the realms of men. Another good yeah. moment. So I like that. Uh, it's not the uh, the shield that guards the realms of the undead. He's there to break the shield. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm, I'm reaching. Now um, other people in YouTube are yelling at me that they didn't actually think that. <laughs> so, you know. Never change oh, YouTube. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we talked about uh, Uncle Benjamin. Let's let's talk about Aunt Danny. Um, oh, John yeah. and Danny, incest threat level midnight. It midnight. is. <laughs> I mean, they've got a definite crush on each other. Uh, oh, yeah. I like that they pulled back from consummating it, like in that ship mm-hmm. right away, that there was. They didn't immediately jump each other, but uh, this is a sure thing, right? Oh, oh it's on. No. It's no. on. Oh, it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you not see his ass? My nephew's looking so good right oh, now. <laughs> although, although she saw his, okay, here's the thing. She also saw his gaping wounds. Right. And is now very clear that he is an undead thing walking around of some variety. Mm. Um, I, I just feel like they're laying it on so thick that it's not going to happen or that it's going to be hellacious or there's going to be some horrible consequences, something, because there's no way they're laying this on this thick and they get married and have a kid and that's the princess that was prom- prince that was promised and it's all happy. And well, I mean, we're all very mm. open-minded people, but do you think that when she or John finds out that they're <laughs> aunt and nephew, do you Maybe think it's an be issue? a problem for them? Well, here's what I was wondering, because Cersei is like, I don't care what y'all think. Yep, I'm having my brother's baby. Mm. Does she, in a weird way, pave the way for that to be okay again? We've never been really... (laughs) Silver linings. I think hundreds of years of Targaryen incest paved the way for that. But that's what I'm saying. We've never really been totally clear about why it was 100% okay for Targaryens and not for anyone else. Because they had the dragons. Yeah. Well, they literally made everything okay. Not quite, but that extreme. Well, and, and I mean, also, like, keep in mind, it's only been 
a generation, maybe two, if you want to argue it, where the rulers haven't been practicing incest. Right. Like, yeah. for people can still remember the Mad King. Some people can probably remember farther back than that when, you know, brother was marrying sister and having sex with their cousins. So, like, this isn't totally out of the realm of memory for most of Westeros. Yeah. But if she did get pregnant... Say, say if for some reason the the combination of their blood allows, first of all, it was a very unreliable source that told her she couldn't, you know, this woman had lied <laughs> to her yeah. already, you know, in yeah. order to deceive her into sacrificing Drogo. So, like, maybe she can't say that the magic combination allows her to get pregnant. Is he going to then worry about having a child that would be rejected by the world the way he was? Oh, Maybe I don't know. I guess that was a, that would be a cheap move from the show to be like uh, we were lying this whole time. She can't get pregnant. I think that the show spent enough time magic and stressed sperm. it. Over. Well, <laughs> magic sperm. Magic sperm. <laughs> and in, and again, oh, I'm doing this again. In the books, uh, <laughs> there is a lot of evidence that she can actually get pregnant again. There's a mm-hmm. whole thing with like she gets her period when she's off. Like this was way yeah, yes. back. This yep. is when she's like still just about to be kidnapped by all the Dothraki. <laughs> this is way in back in the last book. In the last book, <laughs> which was like ten years ago. Yeah, so, yeah seven years it was ago. A while ago. Uh, so you know there there is evidence she can get. Pregnant again in the books. It's possible in the show. Someone brought up the idea that maybe all of her dragons have to be sacrificed in order for her to have more Ooh. children. I thought that was a cool idea. Cool, but um, arbitrary. Thanks, Joey. There so you go. yeah, I mean, I thought that was I thought that was kind of an interesting there concept that these are the only children she'll ever have until they die. And then maybe that'll be the magic thing that quickens her womb again. I don't know. Quickens mm. her womb. You're doing I all the Martinisms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if George isn't going to write these books and give me this language, I will bring it up. There's it. some price to it, though, right? I mean, there's Has nothing is simple in this. Also, or maybe we overthinking it that they're just like, no, we're aunt and nephew. It's weird, you guys. We this don't like weird. that. We're not into this. Yeah. No, we're not into that. There you go. Well, the same but, people that shipped like Sansa and John for a second. Like, I mean, oh, right. yeah. Uh, if, if, if they're okay Guilty. with that, yeah. totally. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Like there's a very strong possibility that they're never going to find out that information in the show. Hmm. Well, Bran doesn't seem to be willing to share it. Yeah, Bran's yeah. like, I'm working for the Night King. I'm yeah, uh, Sam uselessly riding up from uh, from the south. Just, oh, yeah, he's got that Sam. info. He's too, got the right? scroll, yeah. but I mean, well, Gilly it. has the info more than yeah, he does. Exactly. <laughs> and he and she's just going to talk about Ragar. 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 Like who? <laughs> Uh, we uh, the other important thing that happened in that scene is John agreed to bend the knee, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting move. Uh, I want to ask how we think the North will react to that, and also why didn't he just propose marriage right on the spot? That kind of gets you out of that Gordian knot right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Um, the, I don't know how the North. They're so we have it later on that they're so like wishy washy. Mm-hmm. We have a conversation about that. It just seems like I think he's beyond caring. He I think he knows that Daenerys is the best bet. And uh, he might lose. Uh, it seems like he doesn't care if he loses his King of the North title. He doesn't. Because he believes in her so much now. So I don't even know if he's thinking about that. And, and honestly, I bet if he did think about it, he'd probably think the Knights, would, uh, Knights of the North would leave him, Lords of the North. Hmm. I, I mean, I agree with you. It's, it's hard to say. For me, I think the point of them being wishy-washy means that they will come down on the side that they think is going to win. And if John comes up with Danny and her two giant dragons behind him, like I'm pretty sure they'd be okay following 
both of them. But I get the same thing. Like, why don't they just propose marriage? Yeah. It makes it really does make the most sense because then you are an alliance. And even if Danny wouldn't necessarily I think she would go for it at this point, but even if Danny wouldn't necessarily go for it because she doesn't want to share her crown, the idea should at least be raised and it hasn't been yet. Even by like Tyrion. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah. If, if I mean they've got he's pointed out how they're flirting and stuff like that, but it, they're so worried about succession in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. That brought up a lot, or, or, I mean, it's implied because she can't have children, then she has no successor. So maybe that gets them out of uh, out of this bind where John and Danny can get married, but they'll be the last king and queen. Like they can bring about, you know, yeah. Tyrion. He didn't even have the word democracy because it doesn't really exist. But he was kind of stepping towards we can do it how the free folk do it, or we can do it how the Iron Islanders do it. Mm-hmm. Is there no heir to that union? I thought that was a hmm. weird, in the world of reality, would have been a weird time for him to bring that up. Hmm. But in the world of the show, it made sense. And it does seem like that's what he was proposing. But if you think about it, if she's thinking strategically with John at this point, she's not sure yet that he's the best option for a political marriage because it could be that at the end of this war, the best option for a political marriage is for her to marry a Lannister yeah. in Tyrion. Mm. Um, no, really. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, no. strategically well, that's, that's speaking, histo- historical, like, yeah. if that was, that could be the best, especially, like, she could be thinking that that's the best political marriage okay. down the line, even though she's feeling John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... And for John, he, I think he does not care about any of these titles. He has said he doesn't. And he still thinks he's this bastard who's bastard who's not really entitled. And maybe he feels like it would be way too presumptuous to propose marriage to her at this point. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Hmm. Uh, let's check in with Lon. What are they saying on the hashtag Watching Thrones? <laughs> uh, they, a lot of people want to move on to Sansa, Arya. Mm. They have a number, <laughs> a number of questions. Uh, yeah, sure. And then we they're will. also talking about all the all the foreshadowing. Uh, and is this implying maybe that Daenerys dies in childbirth? Definitely seems like a lot of people thinking all the foreshadowing about babies and heirs and successors is indicating John and Daenerys at some point are going to at least try to have. A baby together. Or acts or think they can't or, to your yes. point and mm. then actually have one and then that's a whole and, other right. uh yeah. forty four right now, Melisandra maybe is going to make something possible. Oh. Oh. She has okay. some sort of pregnancy. Shadow, shadow fire, fire, snow shadow babies. Magic baby wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Just an shadow <laughs> dragon baby. Well, we've established that the dragons are her children, so can we just put a crown on Drew? Yes. after they die? Yeah. Yeah. And he like can sit on the throne. <laughs> 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 uh, great spin-off idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's what HBO is working on. That's yeah. the yeah. show. We'll do what the people want. We can fast forward to Sansa v. Arya, Dawn yeah. of Baelish. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yeah, things are falling apart for these sisters. Uh, has Arya gone like full-blown psycho, or can someone kind of explain why she's acting the way she's acting to me? I hope we're going to get nice. <sighs> for John and Danny, just to close that out, are going to get the information from someone who it's not clear, but they will get the information about their relationship. But bending the knee, that where we're going to see the repercussions of that is with Sansa and Arya hmm. um, immediately, because unless they're playing Littlefinger, which a lot of me really hopes they are, hmm. 
Like I, I would love, I like, I would love it if this whole rift between them is them playing him mm. instead of being played by him and right into his hands. You don't think so? Let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I can, I, a woman can dream. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish it were so. I really, really, really do. But the problem with that, two things: one, Littlefinger wasn't there. During that, exactly. during their big, no, he yeah, could have been, been lurking been, and smirking. But the show's been pretty good about showing him when he's in like Lurkmeister three thousand <laughs> mode. So like, I don't think he was there. I don't think he witnessed it. Secondly, all of that, you know, maybe Arya's tricking things and stuff is happening differently went out the window when the waif stabbed her in the gut. And oh, that yeah. did not turn out to be anything other than what it appeared to be. Like that was when I just lost all faith of kind of like script machinations and she's actually doing this when she means this other thing and they're playing a trick. So I just I just don't see it at this point. But then, Michelle, yeah. I'll yes, challenge please. that by saying, no, why doesn't she just cut Sansa's face off at this point then? Why is she giving her the dagger? Why is she just making these seemingly idle threats that she's not following through mm. on? I think that this point, she hasn't gotten to the point where she thinks Sansa is too big for her britches that she's going to actually try to take power from John. I saw this as just a very not so veiled threat against her if she tried to take power from John. It's a, I, th I can tell that you are thinking about you being queen in the north. If you try to do that while John is gone, I'm gonna cut your face off and I can just assume your personality and your identity. Okay. I just saw that as a, just a clear warning to her. Yeah. And then, so what Littlefinger gets out of this? So he's clearly just trying to drive them apart. And then, did I read it right that his suggestion was to have, like, Brienne kill Arya? That was weird. Yeah. Nope. I don't think that's what that was. I feel like he was sowing the seeds of dissent between... He's trying to remove any ally that Sansa really could have besides him. He's trying to position, position okay. himself to be the only person that she can rely on so that he can 100% manipulate her again because the last time she was in that position, he had manipulated her perfectly. So she's making her, he, she's making her question whether Brienne would really side with her or Arya should it come down to a confrontation should Sansa have to protect herself and imprison her sister or something to that effect she's removing Brienne who would be the only one to protect Arya at this point hmm. so that I think he was trying to get her to drive Brienne out that's what I, I really saw yeah is the end Makes result sense. of that too I agree because hmm. it it, it I thought the opposite at first with the little finger scene where he's talking about Brienne and saying like, well, maybe Brienne can help protect you, but that he was actually intimating that Brienne would protect Arya, especially yeah. since yeah. they both watched Brienne and Arya have that like soul bonding mm. sister well, moment buddy, over buddy. swords, mm. the, the sword crossing from the last episode, um, that yeah, Sansa doesn't actually believe Brienne would take her side. And that would explain why Sansa sends Brienne away so callously because yeah, on first watch, I didn't understand why she was doing that either I thought Brienne would be there to protect Sansa and yeah on second watch I think yeah. you're right my question is where did the note come from like is it did Baelish draft that and have it sent over Mister there kept it no, the, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. The note uh, from King's Landing saying, from Cersei saying, hey, yeah, Sansa, come down. Can anyone explain what that, 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 that was? I really need clarification. Yes. Do we think that's real? And if so, why would Cersei be doing yeah, it? I assume, I mean, I assume Peter Baelish 
had that drafted and sent over like it was from King's Landing so that Sansa would have a reason to send Brienne away. But it also looked like Sansa kind of knew what was going on with all these side looks. I, I, I don't know if it was acting choices or what, but, but right, like she kept looking at Brienne like, good, you're going, you're playing, you're, you're doing what we wanted you to do. Could this have been from when Tyrion and Jaime met and like has Cersei agreed to bring everyone together to like talk about the what we're gonna do what we're gonna do like form a peace thing right but why would she even contact john because i mean right now the battle's between her and daenerys well we she, it was sansa not john well, Although, i mean yeah. up to the north she's inviting yeah. sansa yes of course um but uh i meant like the north because she didn't cersei we didn't we leave her saying like okay we're gonna play nice with the dragon queen and then you know we'll strike when we yeah but would it even make sense to start rallying people like come here before she's even heard back from john about whether they found anything but we don't know that Littlefinger isn't communicating with King's Landing. We have no idea. He oh, you think he's on Team Cersei? I think he's on Team Littlefinger, like, always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's trying to, once again, get into a position to pull all of the strings. And my only hope, and a, a girl can hope, <laughs> is, is that they are onto it. And, and we can forgive them in the sense that, look, Arya's not a subtle person. You know, she's very straightforward, mm-hmm. and she's not someone that I think would be necessarily great at conniving because she's too direct. But Sansa, at this point, she should be good at connivory, no? Well, I, I feel like this scene was that. I, I personally think that uh, Peter and Sansa drafted this letter because as soon as a letter came in, Brian was like, oh, you have to go down there. And Sansa instantly was like, nope, not going down there. You're going to go down there. So it felt like Sansa knew it was coming and she prepared for that and her little acting scene here of, I can't go down there. Never going to King's Landing. You go. So I, I really feel like this was well, what's her the end game. Well, once just again, just getting rid of Brienne so that well, Arya has no protection. Once again, yeah. Littlefinger sowed the seeds of doubt that Ar- uh, Brienne might go against Sansa. Yeah. Uh, yes, so Sansa needs to get her out of there. Yeah, but then she's gonna impri- let's just like play it out. Then she imprisons her sister, right? Finds out that John has bent the knee. They use that to sow further seeds of dissent among the North, so that she becomes the true Queen of the North. Littlefinger marries her. Littlefinger marries her, and then they go against Jon, Cersei, and Daenerys. And possibly Arya in the cell. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I think he's hoping that the North takes care of Jon on its own, that Jon dies, and leaving uh, Sansa, again, one ally down. I think his endgame is to marry a Stark woman, what, whichever one's clever, <laughs> and, and, then, uh, and then rule the North and the Vale, and then like I think he'd be content with that. Uh, I, I he, think he, he wants the Iron Throne. He says he wants the Iron Throne. But this is definitely like the next step. The for next him. step to getting back to the Iron Throne. Yeah. yeah, I mean it all I mean, plays out when we talk it out. That could be his plan. Why they're falling for it is what bothers me. Or are they? Mm-hmm. Or they are. are. Yeah. They yeah. Are. yeah. <laughs> lot, yeah. Lot, lot of questions about that online. Uh, a lot of people are suggesting: Is it possible Arya has already killed Littlefinger and is impersonating him during? that scene with Sansa this episode and then or is it possible that this could end with Sansa and Arya teaming up realizing we could get rid of Littlefinger and then Arya could be him and still control the Knights of the Vale so they don't really need him anymore well here are two things with that one I think if she had killed Littlefinger and been him in that scene then Sansa would have come across his face in that bag which would have been awesome (laughs) there's a literal bag of faces there's a literal bag of faces we made a joke about it last week literally a man pairs of faces I did not think there was going to be 
an actual sure. band. I wish there'd be a not? Nick Cage cameo in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. John Travolta and Nick Cage. As long as we're talking about face bag, are there wigs too? Like she's not just putting somebody's face on. It's it's obviously their whole. Well, that's where the magic the comes in. That's where the magic. Yeah. The magic but it's part. weird that she would need the the physical face part if it's just magic, right? It's not weird, Lon. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> Don't the magic is in the mask. Bag on this show. Have you not seen the mask with Jim Carrey? Yeah. I mean, he completely <laughs> physically transforms. Yeah. His but suit that's a turns wood yellow. Mask becomes like a green all covering of his Do not question <laughs> the, bag, the face bag. Oh my uh, god. Good and times. The, the magic but as of face far as uh, as far as whether or not Arya and Sansa are working together, I mean, and this is one big thing I wanted to bring up too. You know, it would like kind of help this whole thing along is maybe if their little brother would show up for five seconds <laughs> and, and tell them tell everything them everything that's been going on. He's busy on. helping the Knights King. He's not yeah, the brother anymore. Either by omission or by intent, Bran is evil. Even if you want to make the argument that Bran has bigger things on his mind and he's like kind of, you know, in this whole game of life and death and he doesn't have time to deal with his sister's squabbles, like, show that. Because you're not showing us. No, we us. don't need to show anymore. Show, Brand. I That's want fine. something. He doesn't show, care anymore. Show something that Bran is paying attention to other things instead of what's happening right there at home. Because I just need a title card that says Bran went back to his home planet. <laughs> <laughs> you just want an always sunny in Philadelphia style like at the beginning of the episode. Bran left. Uh, bye bye, Guys, Brand. I am not completely over that bag of faces. One question. <laughs> one more question about it. Um, the second face is obviously Walder Frey. Yes. Was the first one of any significance? I wish oh, it had been Ed Sheeran. Oh, uh, if it had been Ed Sheeran, <laughs> that would have been so good. <laughs> Wait, I know it wasn't. Twitter, but. Twitter, I want Twitter, Twitter yeah. on, in on this. Who is that first face? Who is face? that first face? Yeah. Yeah. Watching Thrones. Yeah, hashtag Twitter, who would you face bag? I um, assumed, it didn't, I couldn't take a good look at it, but I assumed it was the other, the like girl? the servant girl that she had been impersonating. Oh, maybe. Like it's mm. really hard to tell. Yeah. Okay, Question, it looks like Varys. Did she take, so she took faces, I'm assuming, Otherwise, she killed an innocent serving girl. No, I'm pretty sure she killed an innocent serving girl. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, she's a monster. I mean, I just want to talk really briefly about the conversation that Arya and Sansa had because it really bothered me. And I get, like, even the last episode that we had here, I was kind of defending Arya about talking about how Sansa was kind of responsible for Ned's death, and she does bring that up. But then everything she's talking about blaming Sansa for, like, I saw you on the dais in that pretty dress with your pretty hair. Yeah, then you also should have seen Sansa screaming and trying to get to her father. And when so I'm glad Sansa fought back a little bit, saying, you know, you would have done the same thing, and Arya being like, I'd never help the Lannisters. The whole time, I'm like, really? Because I remember you serving Tywin a lot of wine in Harrenhal, well, she's and not still going like, after mm. it Let's, let's at not that forget, point. what is she, 12? Yeah, she really <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I still, yeah. it bothered me. Like, if you're going to use these arguments against Sansa, like, you know, and the, the, what was the other one? Oh, the Hound brought up to her, I think all the way back, season five, season something, uh, where he says he saved Sansa from rape. Like, Arya should know that this wasn't all peaches and cream for Sansa, and that Sansa yeah. has gone through quite a lot of trauma. But I like that they own. had their second or third incarnation of, like, that Monty Python, uh, who had it worse sketch. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. you had to do this? Well, I didn't even have a house. I had a hole in the ground. <laughs> I know, and Sansa's just like, listen, while you were away at Tim Burton's Hogwarts, like, I was over here getting raped in my ancestral yeah. home. Well, so. speaking of raped in her ancestral home, though, is that the last time <laughs> Sorry, that... Sorry, the, the last time... <laughs> Like the last time she, it's not funny, but the last time, two things, the last time she trusted Littlefinger, that's what happened. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they've both, I excuse their current distress for one another in the sense that they both really have had a ton of trauma. They're really young. It would be hard to trust anyone. They never liked each other. Mm-hmm. They've been apart for years, and those years have been brutal. So I'm not surprised that there is a level of mistrust there. But the last time Sansa actively trusted Littlefinger to advise her, she ended up getting brutally raped. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I get anymore, a little yeah. stuck. I understand their 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 contention with mm-hmm. one another. I actually, that does make sense. They're really young, too. Yeah. But that piece, I just can't understand why she would believe him ever again. I just it has a lot to do with the Battle of the Bastards, I would assume, and that how he came to her rescue. He came to her and he offered up the armies, and and it was her choice in doing it. Yeah, so, so it's just like a stone make... cold pragmatist at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. like whoever can literally keep me alive. Yeah, I will not trust, but at least talk to. Because Littlefinger didn't force her to uh, have the Knights of the Vale come. Like, she ultimately made that choice, mm-hmm. um, even though, I mean, her back was really against the wall. But she she was the one who was like, Littlefinger, I need your help. So kind of, she kind of brought him back in on that. And I know she has so much to hate him and not trust him about, but that's kind of the last interaction was her bringing him back into her life. Mm. Well, guys, you know what all this uh, rape of your ancestral home makes me think about? Mage and Throners. <laughs> guys, we've reached that time. I think we picked over pretty much everything the fans wanted us to talk about. Lon, chime in if we're really overseeing something. No, no, I think uh, I think we got to most of the the big stuff. It's now just uh, everybody is upset because they say that first the, the first uh, face she pulled out of the bag has a beard, so it's not a lady. Okay. Oh, oh, well, I mean, a lot of, lot of Mary just because they have a lot of Mary Trant theories okay. going on. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay, of that. I can Sir see it. Kind of looks like a beard, maybe. That's a lot of people yelled at me sure. in the YouTube comments. Doesn't well, I won't. Okay. I won't do I, the spoiler chapter preview warning. Nah, never mind. We won't even get into yeah. it. Let's talk about our raging corners. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what do you got? I like the flaming sword. <laughs> Who doesn't like a flaming sword? <laughs> Beric just. <laughs> It's just amazing. I could watch it all day long. So awesome. And the fact that it happened several times, badass. Loved it. (laughs) Super badass. Rough. Why doesn't everyone get a flaming sword? I guess you have to have the blood magic and the Lord of Light stuff. Well, here's the thing. The flaming swords didn't even make a difference. Yeah. They were just a bear on fire. Instead of bear on fire. The bear did not care it was on fire. (laughs) Not at all. Not caring bear. I gotta say, it was Torment and the Hound for me. I mean, there were so many bigger moments in the episode that I also got very excited about, but that one just brought me, it was surprising, and it just brought me such unadulterated joy. <laughs> I mean, look at his face. He's so <laughs> earnestly in love. <laughs> that is the couple of the series for me, people. I want Brienne and Torment all day. Monster babies. Monster babies. <laughs> Michelle, what do you got? Zombear. Zombear. Zombear nation. If I'm not gonna get my ice spider, then I'm I'm okay with a zombie bear. All right. I'm all right with it. That the blue eyed worrying all the red shirts and taking them out and coming after the hound and that was awesome. I'm yeah. I'm totally cool with zombie bear. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with just an offshoot of the flaming sword, which is when they used a flaming sword to cauterize a man's entire torso. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going with like, oh, he's Lord of Light, they're gonna just burn him right now. But they're like, no, just do it, just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that gave me a raging throner. Oh, and with our throners complete, uh, it's time to sign off for the week. Uh, guys, you can talk to us all week long at hashtag watching thrones. We will be continuing the conversation there. Uh, and I'd like to thank my guest, Michelle Boyd. 
everyone. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagrams, the things with at Michelle Boyd. Come say hi. Yeah, Roth Cornette. I'm at Roth Cornette on other things, too, but those were a lot of impressive things. <laughs> no contest, but, but Kyle Maddock. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. You can find me at Kyle Maddock on Twitter or at a podcast of Ice and Fire where I talk about the books and the show all year long. Badass. Woo. And you guys uh, find me at Spencer J. Gilbert on Twitter and join us next week for the last episode. Whoa. Oh, my God. Oh. Of this season, of this of season. This season. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, and then we'll be doing a couple other videos too. But that will be our last official watching Thrones, and we'll see you then. See you next week. Bye. Thanks again to T-Mobile for sponsoring today's episode. Check out what makes them America's best unlimited network at T-Mobile.com/coverage.